Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. It's five, and we're live. Oh, is this thing on? I don't care. I want him to hear. This is the pregame show. Your early morning shot of sports on 95.7. The game. Come on! Oh, yes. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. It is hump day. It is Wednesday. If you're just getting off work, just getting ready for work, getting ready for school, just getting ready to do whatever. Maybe you didn't sleep last night. Maybe you're an early riser, getting ready to go on your run. Be safe out there. A little windy. A little windy. A little rain yesterday in some parts. A little sprinkle on my car. I got out of the Safeway. I was getting some grocery shopping done. I was like, why? What the hell just happened? Done with rain. For the rest of the year, I'm done with it. But, listen, I know we need it, but I don't want any more of it. Even if it's just a little bit. I'm rained out. The Warriors, they're rained out. And the All-Star break could not have come at a better time for them. As they fall to the Los Angeles Clippers at the Crypt. Is it the Crypt? Crypt? Crypto? Whatever you want to call it. 134-124. to Warriors 29-29. and just a perfect, just, what's the word I'm looking for? Personification of what they are, if you will. They're average. They're an average team. This is the record that they deserve. They're 7-22 and on the road. They're a horrible road team and a damn good home team. And I think 29-29 and is pretty symbolic of what kind of team they are. Not terrible. They're just not great. They're just meh. Kind of saw why last night. Obviously, no Steph Curry. No Andrew Wiggins was out. Personal reasons. So, you had a good fighting chance early on. Hey, you had the halftime lead. You felt good about what you were doing in that second quarter. 42 points in that second quarter. Jordan Poole, he was on fire. Clay Thompson, shooting efficiently. Draymond. 15 points for Draymond? You kidding me? 6-6? Six six? Must be a career game for him. Didn't even miss. But third quarter explosion from Kawhi, Norman Powell, Paul George, and that was all she wrote. They had a double-digit lead heading into the fourth, and they did not look back as they... Los Angeles Clippers improved to 32-28, and 28, and they are now 15-13 and 13 at home. Nice to see some good things. It was good to see Jonathan Kaminga getting a lot of minutes, 22 minutes for him, 16 points. Everyone on the bench were the Warriors. It was a pretty good night. Other than Jermichael Green, everyone was in the plus category and the plus-minus. He had Kaminga at a plus two. 
Anthony Lamb at a plus three. PBJ, Patrick Walton Jr. at a plus six. Ty Jerome at plus two. And Moses Moody even getting a plus eight there. So some good things in a loss that was, listen, after Andrew Wiggins was out and it was listed out a couple hours before the game due to personal reasons, you kind of knew like, this. okay, well, let's see what we got here. Maybe we'll just win. It's this kind of a weird Warrior season. Maybe we end up winning this game, right? Well, they had a good shot at it in that first half, but the cream always rises when it comes to guys like Kawhi Leonard, who has seemingly just owned the Warriors throughout his whole career. Paul George, he adds in another 20. And again, Norman Powell off the bench, 10-17, 3-5 from three-point land, 24 points for him. And that was pretty much all she wrote. Those three guys combining for 77 points. And that was kind of the difference in the game. The Stars hit their shots. Sometimes you just tip your cap. Kawhi Leonard, he's a generational talent. It's good to see him finally healthy. Because for a while there, it was just like, is, is Kawhi ever going to play a meaningful game for the Los Angeles Clippers? Yeah, I know he played some in the bubble, but is he going to play after that? The injuries, it's like you never see him around. Paul George, he's kind of the face. So that's a team, again, you know how I feel about the Los Angeles Clippers, and I believe they are fraudulent when push comes to shove. I need to see it first. But last night, that kind of performance showed you why at least for Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, it can work. Will it? That remains to be seen. But nonetheless, Clippers come home with the dub. Warriors, they're left licking their wounds, heading into the All-Star break at 29-29. 888-957-9570-888-957-9570. Where are you at, Warriors? Warrior fans, they are at the All-Star break now. How would you grade this first part of the season? Your biggest concern heading out of the All-Star break? Do you still have faith in this team that they will get it done? Do you still have faith? I know yesterday on the morning roast it was a big, you know, what's been the most frustrating part of this season. And I think we just saw it last night. It's just the inconsistencies. It's the inconsistencies in the lineup. It's the inconsistencies. <laughs> Say that ten times fast. Uh, it's the inconsistencies with the players and their willingness to compete on a night-in and night-out basis. It's the sloppiness, the carelessness, the, eh, well, yeah, we're champs, just get us to the playoffs, we'll be fine. Well, get to the freaking playoffs first, right? So I think there was a lot of frustration boiling over, and an all-star break is sorely needed, not only for the players, but I think for the fan base, too. Here's Steve Kerr on how he feels about their current record and where they stand. It's where we've been for the year so far. We've been up and down and right in the middle of the pack on offense, right in the middle of the pack on defense. And I think we feel like could be better. We've lost a lot of games that we felt like we should have won, but we didn't We didn't win them. So we are where we are. And good news is there's a lot ahead of us. I think this week off will be great for our guys. And hopefully we can come back from the break refreshed and make a push. Good morning to YouTube, Ernie Chavez, my guy. Good morning, Spadonuts, appreciate you. NBA 876 on the YouTube chat. Warriors got to get it together, man. The only reason Warriors are losing it is because of their defense. Warriors, the Warriors is better than all teams. They have to play defense once they do not, once they do that, that no teams are beating. Okay. First off, not going to go grammar police because I understand it's YouTube. 
That was a tough one, NBA 876, trying to de- decipher what you're trying to say, but I think I got the gist of it. They need to play better defense. Yes. Yes. But I'm not going to be too hard on them last night because Andrew Wiggins, probably your second best defender outside of Draymond Green, was out last night. So that was tough already. And especially when you're going up against bigs that Andrew Wiggins is needing to guard and Paul George and Andrew Wiggins and Norman Powell, like those guys, it's tough. That's tough. It's a tough assignment for Clay Thompson. A guy that's already, you know, laterally, his movements slowly and has finally come back. Not, it's never going to be the same as it was, but he's still a plus defender most nights. But that's a tough ask going up against Paul George, Kawhi Leonard. Draymond Green has to do a lot there. He had a hell of a game, Draymond. 15, 5, 7. So he had a good performance, but again... The offensive firepower and output just wasn't there from the starters last night, other than Jordan Poole at the 28. You needed more from Clay on the offensive end. DiVincenzo added in 10. Loon Dog with a double-double, 11 points, 14 boards for him. But the lack of size at times when you're going up against big dudes and big forwards like a Kawhi Leonard and a Paul George, it's tough. But you know what? That's what it's going to take in the playoffs. Like These are the guys you're going to go up against. And to NBA 876's point on the YouTube chat, the defense is a problem. And that's not something that just gets fixed overnight. That's nothing that's something that doesn't get turned on in the playoffs. That just doesn't happen. That just doesn't happen. Here's Steve Kerr on the defensive performance last night. For whatever reason, we've been pretty good at home defensively. Not last night, but overall pretty good at home. One of the reasons we made the trade for Gary was to shore up our perimeter defense. We were the number two ranked defense in the league a year ago. So I think we have it in us and and hopefully uh, we can get healthy. And we got a lot of guys who are starting to to play well. You know, Clay's been really good. Wiggs is really coming on. Dante's had a great second half of the season. So I think there's a lot of positives and a lot of things that we can build on, but we have to do it we got to go do it so if you're banking on gary payton the second to come back and make this an elite defensive team i i'm just not seeing that first off he's going to be reevaluated in a month that was per bob myers in his press conference a couple days so he'll be reevaluated in a month okay and then after that if he's still not okay then you're looking at probably another couple weeks until another reevaluation, and then you're still looking at him doing on-court activity, see where I'm going here. It's going to be a long freaking time. And by the time he's back on the court, he needs to get back up to snuff with stuff. I understand it's been less than a year, or it'll be almost a year back point from playing with all these guys on the court again. But I'm just... If you're baking on Gary Payton the second to revitalize this whole unit when it comes to defense, I'm not seeing it. Sure, he could help. Absolutely. But I'm not banking on this team just all of a sudden, you know what? Huh. Gary, Gary Payton second was the missing link to all of this on defense. We're fine now. I'm not seeing it. I'm not seeing it. At least not this season. I don't see him coming in and kind of saving the day, being Superman or Batman. By the way, shout out Michael Keaton. Apparently he's returning as Batman. He's the one true goat, by the way. I love Christian Bale, but I grew up on those Batman movies. Batman with the Joker is Jack Nicholson and... Danny DeVito Penguin, Michelle Pfeiffer Catwoman. Oh, man. Huge crush on Michelle Pfeiffer. And then Christopher Walken, all time, as what was the guy's name? Shrek or whatever. Just a horrible con man business guy. He was one of the funniest scenes and characters he's ever been a part of in that movie. 
Bruce Wayne, why are you dressed up like Batman? I digress. Here's more from Steve Kerr on the improvements from uh, Jordan Poole and his learning experiences thus far this season. When he's locked in, he can be very good defensively. And for the most part, he's been good. I think he has a tendency, like a lot of players, to uh, to lose a little focus from time to time. But he's getting better. And he's when he's really taking on the challenge, when people are putting him in pick and roll, he's strong, he's athletic, he can do the job. And so this is all a great learning experience for him. Great learning experience, yes, but we're going to need the consistency as well. He's been playing better offensively, Jordan Poole, that is, as of late. But three-point stroke wasn't there last night. Overall, 10-20 to 20 efficiency, you know, 50%, so you'll take that. Got to the rim, definitely. Five of six from the free throw line. Six assists. I like seeing the assist numbers go up with Jordan Poole. That's the important part. If he can consistently get that plus five in the assist category nightly, that'd be huge for this team. Getting everyone else involved. I like seeing DiVincenzo. Dante DiVincenzo, the last few weeks, he's been not the MVP, but he's been the most consistent player probably by far on the Warriors. Now he's not asked to do as much, and he was a starter last night playing 29 minutes. But I like the scrappiness on defense. I like the consistency on the three-point arc, and he credits that to a minor uh, adjustment he made on his shooting hand and his motion and his follow-through. So DiVincenzo, keep doing what you're doing, man. That guy's been balling, but he's Italian. Of course he's balling. He's Italian Stallion. Come on now. It's Dante. Dante's Inferno. Here's more from uh, Steve Kerr about what gives him hope that they can turn this all around the season. Well, I think the fact that we've lost so many games that we felt like we should have won, we know we're we're right there. Tonight, I thought the Clippers just outplayed us. They were great in the second half, and they deserved it. All in all, you know, we're we're where we are, but uh, we've lost a, a number of close games, just things we've got to clean up and tighten up. As I said, I think our bench is playing much better than it was early in the season when we got off to the slow start. Our starters are now picking it up. Wiggs and Clay, Loon's like just a rock every single night. Raymond's playing well. So again, we can stay the course and, and get Steph back and, and hopefully get Gary. We got reinforcements coming and we got a lot to look forward to. Got a lot to look forward to, aka the all-star break, which they desperately needed. And by the way, that Steve Kerr will be joining Damon and Rado today at five o'clock. Be sure to tune into that. Cannot wait to listen to Steve Kerr. He's always a good listen, no matter what. Him and Bob Myers probably are the most articulate in their thoughts. I would love to see an in-studio interview, a la a Tim Kawakami one of these days, uh, for Steve Kerr coming in or Bob Myers. But they've got much more important things to do than coming to our studio. They're trying to win a freaking championship again this year. And through that whole Gary Payton the second mess, that's finally, uh, seemingly, come to an end there now that everything's finalized as far as the players going to their respective teams. Now, it's not done yet regarding the Warriors and their uh, inquiry into the league, their filing of a grievance, if you will. And Bobby Marks, who is uh, the NBA ESPN front office insider, he's a former GM, he knows his stuff, very smart, very articulate. Bobby Marks joined Damon Rattle last night. And he talked about what the NBA fine for the Blazers might be and how it affects the Golden State Warriors. At the end of the day, you, you'll probably see some type of fine. Um, you know, maybe you know Golden State's awarded a, a second round pick out of this. Maybe they get two. We saw it way back when, and um, Jeff Green had gotten traded from Oklahoma City to Boston. This was I think 2011, 2012, and there was you know a heart issue. 
and you know wasn't disclosed or you know where the thunder doctors did not detect it and it came up in the in the, uh, in the Celtics physical with him and, and Boston was able to get a second round pick out of it. I think that's what you're going to do. You Portland will argue, hey, wait a minute, you know this guy was healthy. We traded him, we saw him, you know the day before here in Golden State. We'll argue, yeah, he was healthy, and the only reason why he was healthy because he was basically on painkillers. Um, to kind of mask the injury. And that part wasn't disclosed. You have to disclose everything. You know, I mean, I've been on so many trade calls. If a guy had a sprained ankle a year ago, you're disclosing it. If a guy's on type of medication, you're disclosing it. You just kind of have to cover all your bases. I think you would take that if you're Golden State Warriors front office, Bob Myers, Steve Kerr's like, okay, second round pick, and then you're probably never dealing with that particular front office in Portland anyways ever again, uh, just given the trust and lack thereof heading forward. But again, kind of a mess, this whole Gary Payton, the second thing. And you heard Steve Kerr earlier saying they're banking on him, helping this defensive unit mightily heading down the stress. I just, it's hard for me to sit here and expect Gary Payton, the second with all these injuries, especially a core injury and how serious that can be. And expect this guy who hasn't played with this team all season long to just come right back in and everything's fine. And a team that defensively has struggled all season long is suddenly just going to get better. Maybe? Sure. Anything's possible. Shout out Kevin Garnett. But I'm not seeing that. I'm not seeing that. 888 mobile text line. Twitch, YouTube. Hello. Hit me up on Twitter, at Spadoni underscore Joe. This is the pregame show. For the 408 on the Xfinity mobile text line, Warriors need to visit Space Jam and find Michael's secret stuff during the All-Star break. That would help. That would help. And Michael's secret stuff was just a placebo anyway, so whatever kind of meditation, uh, do they need to go in a dark room a la Aaron Rodgers for four days and just contemplate life and existence? Do they need to go take some ayahuasca down in Peru? By the way, I found all the old... Uh, Anthony Bourdain, no reservations on Travel Channel Go. Oh, beautiful. Shout out Xfinity, by the way, on demand. That's where I found it. Uh, oh, Anthony Bourdain, RIP, you beautiful man. World is sorely missing you. And no reservations and bizarre foods is what I grew up on as a child. Andrew Zimmern. And just taking me back to my old Xbox 360 days and watching YouTube on there. Back when Netflix is only about, what, four bucks a month? And I could uh, huh, share passwords? Yeah, where'd that go? It's like quadrupled since then, but I get it. Supply and demand. 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. Draymond Green talking after the game. He had a pretty solid performance last night. Didn't miss. It's a good night when you don't miss. Here's him talking about the defense. Our defense isn't very good. It's kind of been the story all year, and you got to do something to fix it. It has to come from within. Defense is all about a will, a want to defend. Defense isn't fun. Just got to want to do it if you want to win, and we have it. Draymond doing his best, uh, best James Earl Jones impression. Shout out uh, Darth Vader there. Sounding like he is uh, on Hoth looking for Luke. Uh, here's more from Draymond Green. Says you can go get defense, but it's not just going to get it. Uh, it's not just going to come, do I think? We're capable of doing it, yes, but I don't think it's coming. You can go get it, but it's not just coming. And that's kind of what I was alluding to. You can like go add like defensive pieces, but just because you do that doesn't mean the defense is all of a sudden just going to get better. 
You have to want it. Defense is a lot about just wanting to be better. It's a lot of it's why a lot of teams don't do it because I know it's not the cool thing to do. Trying on defense, you want the highlights. Shout out Guru, but the highlights. You want the James Harden step back three. You want the Curry shimmy three, driving to the dish, getting the n one. You want to put people on skates, but you know what? Defense is what wins championships. That's what the Warriors dynasty was actually built on. Yeah, it was three point shooting. It was Kevin Durant, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, and a cloud of dust and Iguodala off the bench, but. It was also defense. It was Iguodala's defense. It was Draymond Green's defense. It was Klay Thompson's two-way play. That's what it was made on. They were the you heard Steve Kerr. They're the number two defense last year. And it's just not there this year. Here's Draymond if he thinks they have a championship hangover this season. I don't think it's a championship hangover. It's a will to want to defend, and you're not hungover at 500. 60 games into the season. <laughs> you're a loser if you think if you're still hungover at that point. So there's no hangover. You heard it from him. It's no hangover. And here's finally from Draymond. Well, I was just saying, it's all will and effort on defense. You know, defense is all one to two steps extra. I'm gonna take that extra step to get there or I'm not. And that's all will. And we don't have that as a team. You can have it as individuals. I can have that myself. No one can have that. But if you don't collectively have that, it's just like if you put a team together and it's like one guy can really get after it. Nobody else brings anything on that side of the ball. They don't even bring effort. You could put Steph Curry or Kevin Durant or anybody else out there on offense. If no one else is going to want to do the extra things, then it doesn't work. And so you have to do it collectively. And that is a huge responsibility that falls on my shoulders, and I haven't gotten us there. Well said, Draymond. Must be a pre-gamer. He must join this show every morning at 5 a.m. And shout out all of you who are listening via the Odyssey app. Be sure to download that Odyssey app, favorite 95.7 The Game. We appreciate you here on 95.7 The Game as Joe Shasky and Alan Stiles will be in at the top of the hour. They'll be breaking down the Los Angeles Clippers defeating the Golden State Warriors. It's the All-Star break. We don't have any really football to talk about. We got off-season, NBA, kind of what are your grades, if you will. What can the Warriors do to make you feel better heading into the play-in or playoffs run? So they're going to be having a lot of fun today as well. 888-957-9570, Again, I mentioned Bobby Marks. NBA front office insider joined Damon and Ratto yesterday. He had some very interesting th- thoughts there. And if you uh, missed that interview, you could go ahead and uh, download the Odyssey app, like I mentioned. It'll be on there. Search 95.7 The Game, Damon and Ratto. They asked him about James Wiseman and his fit in Detroit. Here's what Bobby Marks had to say. What does Detroit need four centers for, right? Like, you already got Jalen Duran, you've got Isaiah Stewart, Marvin Bagley here, and you're taking a flyer. I mean, that's probably what you're thinking, but what are you, what's, what's the body of work you're basing it off of? You know, is it the, whatever, the three or four games at the University of Memphis, what you saw, in, you know, periodically in Golden State? And for a guy in Sadiq Bay, that actually helped you. You rarely see a team trade a wing for a big. Uh, I mean, that's what Detroit did here. And they're hoping that, you know, I mean, I thought Duran's a good player, and I thought he's their center of the future here. But I guess they're hoping that, you know, at least in the next, you know, 20, 25 games or maybe even into the summer, 
they have a better understanding and it's it's a it's a low cost option. But as I said, it cost you. It wasn't like you just traded a second and you got him. You traded a good player in Sadiq Bay for him. Yeah, interesting to see what the Pistons are going to be doing this season. My guess is this is going to be a trial by you know combat. <laughs> Shout out Game of Thrones, but. They're just going to be basically putting James out there and see what they got. Like, he just needs to play. See what these guys got. In Detroit, you have nothing to lose. You're in the Wembe Yama sweep stakes as it is. So, Sadiq Bay, if they wasn't playing for the future, but I agree, Bobby Marks are kind of weird because he's kind of a plus guy, right? He shoots the three well. He can defend. He's long. Kind of the perfect player in today's NBA. But, hey, they felt like they saw something in James Wiseman enough to trade Sadiq. So, they're banking on his development and his success and his future goals. So interesting to see what happens there. And here's more from Bobby talking about the difficulty for a GM in front office admitting defeat on a top draft pick. This is interesting. The draft is one of the hardest things anybody can do. It's not an exact science. And if James Wiseman didn't go at number two, he was probably going to go at number three or number four. And there was going to be another general manager uh, that, that took him here. So, I think the one thing that you don't want to do is compound a, a, a situation where maybe you think that, you know, there's an upside here and now you're going to sign him to an extension or a long-term contract with the hope that he can evolve into that player and now you're stuck with a bad deal here. And, yeah, no one ever wants to admit that you, you missed on a, on a top-two pick. But Bob in the front office is not the first, <laughs> and they're not going to be the last here. No, they're not, to Bobby's point. And good teams actually admit their mistakes and losses and try to flip that early. That's what you got to do. You can't hang on to it. Bill Walsh, right? His whole mantra was get rid of a player a year or two early rather than a year or two late. That's what you got to do. That's what the good teams do. That's what the elite teams do. So the elite franchises do, head coaching, front offices, whatever, any sport. They realize a mistake, they fix the mistake and move on. That's what happens. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. And sometimes you hang on too long and the mistake boils over into 
contention throughout the players, and then it's a mess with the front office, and everyone's mad and everyone's angry. In order to quell that, just admit your mistake, move on. It just wasn't working here with James Wiseman. just wasn't going to work for whatever reason. The fit, the player, the injuries, whatever the excuse is now, it's off your hands. He's Detroit's problem. I'm not going to say it like that, but I'm saying it like that. He's Detroit's problem now. He's not a headache. He's a good kid. But the Warriors, they don't need a kid. They need someone that's seasoned, and that's why they want to go get Gary Payton the second. We're going to take a quick break. Come on back. Derek Carr officially released, and some interesting thoughts and I think revisionist history on how his career went with the Raiders, both in Oakland and Las Vegas. So I want to talk about that. 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. If you would like to get involved, Xfinity Mobile text line, YouTube, Twitch, hello. Thank you so much for joining me this morning. This is the pregame show, Joe Spadoni. Come on back, 95.7 The Game. Now, back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Welcome back. Pre-game show, Joe Spadoni, on this windy Wednesday here in the Bay Area. Warriors, they fall to the Clippers as they head into the All-Star break at 29-29. and 29. And boy, do they need a rest. No Warriors, by the way, participating in the All-Star game. How wild is that? Has that ever happened in the history of defending champions? That no player from the previous championship team is playing for that squad. And I know injuries have to do with it. Steph Curry obviously would if he could. But that's pretty wild. And then they don't do the head coach anymore from the previous championship winning team. So it'll be Mike Malone. It's the who is it? The team with the best record in each conference, right? So Mike Malone for the Nuggets and then Joe Mazzula for the Boston Celtics. So can't wait for that festivities all weekend long. It's in what? U- Utah? <laughs> yeah, fun. Nice and cold. Hit the slopes. Not those kind of slopes. Uh, Derek Carr, you know him, right? Former Raider quarterback now. Oakland Raider. Last Oakland Raider quarterback to play at the Oakland Coliseum. So, I think it pertains today. Just, you know, talk about his career a little bit. Do a little swan song for Derek as he moves on from the organization that, listen, it had its problems throughout his career. You can just count all the head coaches that he had to deal with from start to finish. Dennis Allen, Tony Sperano, Jack Del Rio, John Gruden, Rich Bisaccia, Josh McDaniels. That's six right there. And offensively, there's a lot of, there's a couple different similarities. He had Greg Olson throughout most of his career. And then the whole new system with Josh McDaniels last year, I think just was too much for Derek, at least for that one season. I mean, you saw the last couple of games, the command that a Jarrett Stidham had, especially against 49ers at Allegiant Stadium. The command that he had of that offense is something that you were waiting to see all year from Derek. And you saw it in flashes. There were certain games where he looked good, and then just certain games were just looked bad. He got shut out in New Orleans against Dennis Allen. Anytime you get shut out when you have a guy like Javante Adams and Josh Jacobs, that's not okay. 
And it's just not. And Josh McDaniels, you saw, I think the writing was on the wall, and that Steelers loss in Pittsburgh in the snow on the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Deception. They had that game going on, and Kenny Pickett is the one that outduels you in the end. Ugh. So I think it was time for both the franchise and Derek Carr to move on. And listen, if you're a Derek Carr truther, if you will, if you think that this guy can win you a Super Bowl, by all means. I was listening to Damon Rado yesterday. I, get, I was listening to them a long time. I was stuck in the car. There was an accident. So, you know, I like to tune in to what the other shows are doing. Sometimes I've got the opportunity to. So it was nice to listen to Damon and Ray yesterday. They had a really good show. And they were talking about Derek and how the Raiders failed him. I was like, okay. Yes, they did. But Derek failed the Raiders, too. Ever since that, that injury happened in 2016, he just wasn't the same player. He wasn't. You can try to tell me the stats, the the the, the defense was bad, all that sort of stuff. Comes down to, when he was out in the field, there was a lot of times where he looked overwhelmed in the pocket. He was skittish. He was afraid to extend a play. He'd throw it in the dirt. Hell, he threw it in the dirt on the fourth down. He threw it away on a fourth down before. He was... Mad at his receivers constantly. He showed them up on the field. There was a lot of negativity on the field pertaining to Derek Carr that I think a lot of people are glossing over. They're acting as though it was just a bad defense his whole career, and if it wasn't for that, he'd be a perennial AFC championship contender kind of guy. I'm just not seeing that. I think best move for him, now that he is released from the Raiders, is probably going to go to the NFC. I think... We've been talking about Willard and Dibbs all week. Willard mentioning the amount of just lack of depth at the receiver position when it comes to the NFC. You look at Brock Purdy. Is he even a top five quarterback in the NFC if he was starting next year? Dak, Kirk, Jalen Hurts probably the class as of now, but and you'll see what we'll see what Aaron Rodgers does in his when is he is he in his retreat right now? Is he in is he in the dark room? Is he sleeping? Is he awake? I don't know. So we'll see what Aaron does. That's the next domino to fall. But I think Derek would need to stay in the NFC because he has no chance in the AFC. Everyone's leaking him to the New York Jets. Give me a break. Tell you this right now, the Jets aren't winning that division with Derek Carr as their quarterback. They're just not. Josh Allen, I'm taking Tua or whoever the quarterback is going to be in Miami next year. And I know that the Jets have a great defense, an elite defense. I do not believe that Derek Carr can elevate the players around him a la Patrick Mahomes, a Joe Burrow, a Josh Allen, a Justin Herbert, and hell, I'm even going to say Trevor Lawrence. And those are the guys you have to compete against in the AFC. So do I see Derek Carr beating any of those teams? even with a perfect and legit defense? No, I do not. I don't. I'm. If that makes me a hater, sorry. But I've seen this guy now for the last nine years, quarterback my favorite team, and I can tell you right now, I'm not going to miss him. I'm not. And Jared Stidham might be awful next year, or they might get C.J. Stroud, and he might be terrible, but they were not competing and we just saw the Super Bowl. We just watched the guy who I proclaimed the number three 
greatest quarterback of all time, Patrick Mahomes, a guy that's going to be in the division for the seemingly at least the next decade, barring anything serious happening. You're not winning the division when he's the quarterback there and your quarterback is Derek Carr. It's not happening. I could see the Chargers winning it. I could see Justin Herbert. They've been close. Absolutely, I could see that happening. Because he elevates others around him. He could scramble. He has the arm. And I'm not saying Derek doesn't have an arm. He doesn't have elite skill sets. He's quick. He's accurate. He does have an arm. But it's the extending plays. He couldn't do that anymore. You saw it before the injury in 2016. That MVP caliber season he was having. You saw it. But after that, he's looked skittish in the pocket. He did this thing where every time the pocket was coming into him, it was just breaking down a little bit. He would do this thing. If you're on Twitch and YouTube, you could see me now. You do this thing where he'd be like, he'd hold the ball in his hand. He'd like, back up, back up. Uh. And he did that a lot. And then when he would scramble to the left or right, you knew he wasn't running. He never used his legs after that. And in today's game, you saw it with Patrick Mahomes. That was hell. That kind of iced the game, if you will. You had that huge run towards the end there on one bum leg. Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence. All these guys that are elite in the game, they could do both. And that's what the game is moving towards. So, and listen, I know the Raiders, they're linked to Aaron Rodgers. But he would probably be fine in the Raiders offense because they have elite dynamic weaponry. But if you're looking at the future of the league, you just saw it in the Super Bowl. It's Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes. And if you don't have the mobility factor, and if you're not guys named Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers, it's going to be tough. It's going to be very tough. And we saw a guy here in the Bay Area, Brock Purdy, who had just enough mobility and was just quick enough to evade the linebackers, the corners of opposing teams, the defensive ends. That's the mobility and speed you need to be able to adjust and make plays on the fly. And Brock, he doesn't have the physical skill sets that a Derek Carr has, but he has the ability to sneak around, to extend the play, keep going, keep going, keep going. Where Derek just, whether it was the Raiders or wasn't, whether it was a mental block or not, it just seemed like he does not have the capability of extending the big play anymore. And that was ultimately his detriment and his falling out with Josh McDaniels and this Raiders organization this season. I just needed to talk about that. I need to get that off my chest real quick. I felt like there was this huge revisionist history as far as Derek Carr and the Raiders and how he can be this great and amazing quarterback if he just had a defense. Well, you're not always going to have a defense. Offense is the way of the league. You need to score points. And they had a prove-it year with them. Devontae Adams. I know Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro were hurt for most of the year, but you had an all-pro first-team wide receiver and a first-team all-pro running back and a pretty decent offensive line. wasn't great. wasn't very good. I'd say decent. And you couldn't do anything. You couldn't make the playoffs. You couldn't overcome. You couldn't score. You got shut out. I'm sorry. In today's league, you cannot get shut out. Whether you want to blame the head coach or not, ultimately falls on the quarterback, too. Getting shut out in New Orleans against Dennis Allen this year, the guy that was your rookie head coach, 
That was embarrassing. So, just need to get that off my chest real quick as we take one more break. And we got the cross Jover coming up next. I'm not sure it'll be Joe Shasky or Alan Styles. I'll ask both of them next. One of those boys will join me on the other side, do a little crosstalk here. Again, Warriors, they fall to the Los Angeles Clippers, 134-124. They move to 29-29 and on the season, heading into the All-Star break. So I'm sure we'll discuss that. Lack of defense. All that sort of stuff next. This is the pregame show, Just Fredoni. Come on back, 95-7 The Game. To the pregame show on 95-7 The Game. Welcome back, pregame show. Justin Oni, 95-7 the game. Getting a lot of feedback from my uh, Derek Carr take there. Derek Carr released from the Raiders. He is now free to sign with whatever team he wants to. Saints linked, Jets maybe. We shall see, but Buccaneers. There's the whole NFC South that kind of needs one. Getting a lot of flack on the Xfinity Mobile text line there. Listen. To say that it was all the Raiders organization fault and that they failed Derek Carr, I think, is just missing two sides of a coin, if you will. From the 510, Spinning Mobile Text on. DC never played with the top 25 defense the whole time he was with the Raiders, put Derek Carr with Shanahan with that Niners defense, and watch the Niners go to the Bull next season. Guarantee you, I would rather I would much rather have Brock Purdy than I would Derek Carr. Not even close. And I'd much rather see what I have Trey Lance than what I have with Derek Carr. And I think Shanahan and Lynch would agree with that. Absolutely. 5-1-0. The Raiders' offensive line was terrible this year. Defense was horrible. And coaching on both sides was terrible. But that's DC's fault. No, you had Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs. And you lost to Kenny Pickett. And he scored not even 20 points in that game. That's the problem. You got shut out in New Orleans. 5-1-0. That's a problem. In today's NFL, you can't score a single point when you have Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs. I don't care how bad the offensive line is. You think that's going to stop Patrick Mahomes? That's going to stop Jalen Hurts from scoring? Please. Please. I'm tired of the excuse making for this guy. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. Were the Raiders a perfect organization? No, far from it. He had to deal with a lot of crap. I understand that. And I applaud him for doing it in a just, in a nice way. He's a very nice guy. And I think it's a hard for a lot of people to kind of crush him. But at the same time, he's not winning you anything in that division. Look who you're going up against. Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert. I don't care how good of the defense you have. Push comes to shove. You know the guy who's going to have the ball at the end? And most of those games, it's going to be Patrick Mahomes. You know what's going to happen? He's going to get it done. Juxtapose out Derek Carr. There's a lot of times where he had the ball in his hands with a chance, and he had a lot of game-winning drives. He also had a lot of duds. The only playoff game he ever played in, he shoot, he uh, threw short of the end zone against Cincinnati. That ball to Zay Jones or whoever it was, Darren Waller, he wasn't even going to be able to score. That was on fourth down with the game on the line and the season on the line in the freaking playoffs. And it might be the only playoff game he ever plays in his career. So... Miss me with all what the Raiders did not do for Derek. What did Derek do for the Raiders after 2016? Diddly poo. Stop. Takes two to tango. 
Raiders weren't a great organization for him, but Derek Carr, ultimately, towards the end there, was just not a great quarterback and not a good enough quarterback. As a other Raider fan from the station joins me here in Alan Styles, and I'm sure he could speak to that if he wants to. Alan, I was just going in because Damon and Rattle were talking about it yesterday, mm-hmm. and I found it interesting. Derek Carr released from the Raiders, his whole tenure there. And listen, I think it's easy for a lot of people to say, oh, the Raiders, they did horrible by him. Six head coaches, never had a defense, the organization moved. John Gruden, Henry Ruggs, all that sort of stuff. He was just, what an exemplary quarterback. Great. He did a lot of good things on the field. Yes. But his shortcomings, I think, were enhanced dramatically this season and what he is as a quarterback. There's no doubt that Derek Carr was not in a great position most of the time, right? He was with the Raiders. That's just a fact. I don't believe he's ever had anything better than a top 20 defense. We already know about the drama. We get all that. That's why, to me, it was le- it was as much as it was about Derek Carr, it was about the Raiders. And it, to me, it's just always been an even split in terms of, hey, it's just not working. I understand, Derek, that it's not been you haven't been in a good spot. We're trying to move forward. Unfortunately, in a way, to me, he was almost like collateral damage. Yes. Right, like I, I understand, and, but he it's easier to be collateral damage when you also don't have any accolades or highlights to fall back on. You know, if he had had two or... Granted, the situation, if he had had two or three playoff wins, maybe they say, hey, we got to follow through with this guy. But it doesn't matter how you slice it. Not having a playoff win in in however long Derek Carr was with the Raiders, at some point, we're going to have to look at you, even if we have to look at ourselves, too. Hey, we messed up, but you're also not doing things. You're not exciting the fan base in a way that, you know, uh, can move us forward. And I think the the last thing was just this past season. You had you had uh, you had opportunities and you just couldn't get it done. We as a team didn't get it done. But you're the quarterback. Yes. Let's just move on. Yes, you also had a first team all-pro wide receiver in Devonte Adams, a first team all-pro in Josh Jacobs. So you had two of the arguably greatest offensive players in the league and I just go to games. New Orleans, get shut out. That was an embarrassing performance there last year. You they had sh- some laughers. They had some la- ex- You lost. You cannot. It's specific. You cannot lose. Like you said, you got shut out in this iteration of the NFL. Can't do. Can't. And happen. then you lose to the Colts, who the Jeff, Jeff Saturday his only win as a as the Colts now hire. Uh, and you got Matt Ryan running around like he's Lamar Jackson. Ugh. Now that's not on Derek Carr, but you just can't find yourself into the in these situations. Over and over again. No, you can't. You can't. And then I just go back. The one that that really just it just culminated everything was the cold weather game and his career in cold weather. And it was in Pittsburgh on the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Deception, as I call it. And they were honoring Franco Harris, R.I.P. It was unfortunately passed away a couple days before that game. But they were that game. Kenny Pickett outdueled you. Your defense was playing so well that whole game. And Kenny freaking Pickett went down the field, scored, and then Derek Carr, who put up only, what, 10 points, I think, that whole game? Yeah. 10 points? Steelers aren't great. They were not very good last year. And you had 10 points, and it goes back to the cold weather and this and that. And listen, maybe he succeeds in the NFC, where there's domes, where the quarterback competition isn't as good. But in the AFC, if you're Josh McDaniels, and if you are Ziegler and that whole front office... And you were looking at the competition. You were looking at Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow. Where did all of they play? Cold weather. Mm. Sorry. And are you beating any of those guys? With, do you feel confident in Derek Carr beating any of those guys in a shootout? No. He, he had. I mean, literally, his career 
This is no knock on Derek Carr. You have to go to the NFC. Yes. I, I saw one thing about going to the Jets. Why? Yeah. Why, why would He's you not do winning that, that division? You I don't can't... care how good that defense no, is. Well, and, you know, to give Derek Carr some due here, the NFC is weak. He would be yes. a better, you know, he would, his talents would go further in the NFC. To me, looking at Derek Carr and a different, and, and you know, I'm going to take it to, you know, to my college roots. So Temple University, you have a bunch of mid majors, right? In, in college. Temple University is a mid-major. So when I compare how Temple's doing, I don't compare them to SEC schools or even Pac-12 schools or Big Ten. I compare them to other mid-majors and see how well they're doing. So to me, Houston is a great example of, I guess, as the first, as close to Temple as, as a mid-major could be, right? Houston is a very well-run mid-major. They're number two right now when it comes to NCAA basketball. They've had a couple stints in the New Year's Six yeah. with the playoffs. So that is the best version of a mid-major. Derek Carr, if he is a mid-major QB, is not even the best version of a mid-major QB. Because I would say that's probably Kirk Cousins. Yes. It's Kirk Cousins, and I know Jimmy Garoppolo. We'll talk a little bit about what if Jimmy Garoppolo had, if Derek Carr had the Niners roster. I, I don't know. All yeah. I know is the team that Derek Carr played on, and going back to Kirk Cousins, if there are a bunch of mid-major QBs, Derek Carr, unfortunately, I don't even if he's at the top of that list talent-wise, he didn't show it enough in games for us to continue to just give him this break about it. Yes, and from the YouTube chat, PB, so now you're comparing him to Mahomes and Hurts, LOL, man, you Raider fans or something else. You're comparing him to Mahomes only because he's in your division. Right. Like, that's the best. And that's what every quarterback should be comparing themselves to the best of the best. Your franchise, you should be comparing yourselves to the Kansas City Chiefs, to the Eagles who are just in it. That's what you want to be. Of course you're not going to be Patrick Mahomes. He's one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. We get all of that. But in order to win a division, you at least have to have a guy on Justin Herbert's level. But my, like- <laughs> but my, yeah, and that's my argument. Okay, you just compared him to a bunch of elite guys. Yeah. You know what happened in order for these teams to get these elite guys? They moved off of their mid QBs yes. that they had. Yes. Andy Dalton got moved off of Alex Smith. Alex Smith yes. got moved off of. So we're not comp- we're not comparing. But if you don't want to compare, what are we talking about? You just you, in third place is chill. Yeah, and that's what the Niners are doing. They realize the Jimmy Garoppolo, the limitations there. They went to Trey Lance, and then they saw wow, something with Brock Purdy, the mobility factor with mm-hmm. Brock. He can extend plays. He's got Moxie. He can move around a little bit. So yeah, just I need to get my thoughts out there, Alan. I know you're a Raider fan too, so I just want to talk about that uh, real quick. Alan Styles, who's going to be in with uh, Joe Shasky, by the way, the morning roast. Bonte Hill is out. Have a nice vacay, Bonte. There, hardest working man in media, the king of media. Some mm-hmm. might say Bonte Hill. <laughs> um, so, the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, Andrew Wiggins being out personal reasons that made it a tough game. That made it a game where it's like, okay, maybe you can look good, and they looked good. They had a lead at halftime. It's like, okay. Maybe they could hang around this. Then the third quarter happened. They got they got smoked. Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Norman Powell, all that. The defense is just not going to get better with Gary Payton. Like I'm sorry. Like whenever he comes back, even if he comes back, like I don't even know if he is. Like there is just not a when it comes to defense, anyways, a a switch to be flipped. And Draymond Green talked about that after the game. Alan, where are you at with this Warriors team heading into All Star break? Can they do anything? Can they find something? out of this break, whether that's Stephen Curry coming back, anything that gives you hope that they could be a legit title contender down the stretch. We know how much it means in the we know how much it means in the NBA, specifically the playoffs to win. 
and it takes defense. And right now, the Warriors don't have that defense. And I don't know that it's something that's just going to arrive in the mail like an Amazon package. So you can give more effort. I know back in CYO, they would say defense is effort. I, I don't know that it is in the NBA. I do think you have to have at, uh, certain types of athleticism that's going to help, right? And we're going to get into Clay Thompson, uh, Jordan Poole, Steph Curry, just a collection of guys who offensively can fill it up. But if you can't stop anybody on the other end, you're asking Draymond to do a lot. You're, you're, you have to sacrifice somewhere. And I think last season, they may have sacrificed at times offensively because, okay, Dr- and Draymond offensively has been ridiculous this season. He's been much better. But I, I don't know that they have a balanced enough rotation to where at some point if you want to go full-blown defense you're still going to have enough offense to hang around and vice versa if you want to go hey the fast five or whatever the heck we were calling them last season right now that fast five is you know just literally playing a pickup game where there's just no stops first one to 21 wins shout out xfinity fast five which will be on the morning roast next that's alan styles will be joining joe shasky be sure to tune into that coming up next this was the pregame show joe spadoni 95 7 the game T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.